Greetings, Summoners, and welcome to The Rapid Recall, a weekly talk show giving you a quick rundown of what's hot in the world of League of Legends esports. My name is Joey, and this week I want to give a shout-out to Expecial for being a good guy with a great sense of irony. And I'm DK, and today my internet's worse than Quantic, so I'm hoping that we can get through this show without any hiccups. Alright, so like we begin every show, we're going to take a look at some of the week's biggest stories and have a short discussion about each one. The sound of the bell means it's time to move on. This week, we're going to talk about climbing out of a hole, breaking out of the pack, and the coming and going of supports. But first, something that kind of got buried under Cloud9's struggles and Gambit's actual implosion over the last couple of weeks is that Team Dignitas somewhat quietly slumped into a 5-0 losing streak. This week, they finally broke the skid against evil geniuses, no less. Um, but with the playoffs right around the corner, Dig's in a lot of trouble, aren't they? A couple of weeks ago, I was saying, wow, I'm actually surprised by Dignitas. And the reason I was surprised was because I thought, if, Dig- if the new Dignitas is a bubble, it would have popped already. And I may have said that a week or two too soon, but I think Dignitas is going to do fine going into the playoffs. They're, they're only one game out of second, and I think this uh, five-game lose streak that they encountered was just a hiccup, nothing more. Yeah, they're they're one game out of second, but that makes it sound like they're close. There's t- three teams tied for second, so they're actually the fifth best team in North America right now. And I've kind of been saying this all along, like I was waiting for this to happen to Dignitas. You had an unscoutable team, and that's something that you talk about all the time, Joey, is that league is getting better and you're getting analysts, and with analysts come better scouting and, and you know better preparation for matches, and you couldn't prepare for that Dig team. Now teams know what to do, and they're pretty much shutting down this new Dignitas. I don't think that's I don't think that's why they went on this uh, downward spiral though, which does make it sound pretty bad. Uh, it's a lot of it is that their their players are kind of streaky. Even Crumbs, who's kind of the backbone of this roster, the person who's directing Shifter and Zion around, essentially, he had a cu- he had a couple bad weeks, and it really showed in their play. And then uh, Cutie Pie and Kiwi Kid aren't exactly the most consistent players in the world. This isn't a surprise. They were going to lose games. And I think that's why this thing was quietly, to be honest with you, is that nobody expects Dignitas to be a top team. So when Cloud9 started losing games, it was like, oh my god, Cloud9's not supposed to lose. Or, oh my god, TSM is in a little bit of a skit. But this is what we have always seen from Dignitas over the year. You know, new faces, same team. Uh, But the Dignitas that we've always seen over the year hasn't seen Worlds since Season 2. And NA is significantly better than than it was at that time. Right, and there's they're one game out of second, which has a three-way tie, but that still just means it's the same as the entire split so far. I mean, the top is incredibly close. LMQ's a little bit out ahead, but Dignitas is still only three games out of first, and they have six games left to play. It's it, You can't say that they've been put to bed yet. You just can't. Oh, I'm not going to say that going to completely count them out of that, and they might very well finish top two and get a bye into the playoffs i'm not predicting that i still think they're going to go in and have to play in that first weekend but the problem is is that because they're getting easier to scout and because teams are realizing hey zion spartan is still the god top laner that he was and if you shut him down you can still shut his team down that's going to be really hard to take a best of three and more importantly a best of five when the other team knows all right ban jacks ban riven you know ban these carry top laners and ban nidalee now and you can shut down Dignitas, you're not going to win a best of five. Zion's not going to go off, you know, God mode in three of five games. I think you're 
overestimating how much they rely on Zion Spartan. He obvi he's obviously a player who can just win games on his own, but I think there's a lot more depth to the team than that, and I'm, I'm just excited to see them in a best of five. After weeks of traffic jam at the top of the NALCS, LMQ has broken the gridlock, winning every one of their last six games and leading the second place teams by two. I know you've been very critical of their performance, but has LMQ done enough in recent weeks to prove they're the NA favorites? The NA favorites, no. Going to world representing NA, probably. The reason why I say they're not the favorites is that they're an inexperienced team and a young team, and I don't know if they've done enough to show me, and I don't think there's anything they can do in the next couple weeks to say that they're the favorites to go in and take best of fives off the top teams in North America. They're a good team and they can hang in there, but every single team that they're going to face, whether it's TSM, C9, CLG, even Dignitas, you know, with two guys from Coast, all of those people have a ton of experience in these BO3, BO5 lands, and the LMQ guys just don't really have it against this level of competition. Yeah, I, f I feel similarly to LMQ as I do about Dignitas. I came into the split and I thought, these guys are way overhyped, they're not nearly as good as people are saying, they're going to do middle of the pack. And they, they're better than that, for sure, there's no doubt, both Dignitas and LMQ. But... I still am skeptical about their ability to perform, like you said, in a best-of-five scenario. Best-of-ones favor LMQ's style. I don't want to take anything away from them being in first place, but we've, we just see them like... It's not cheese, but their, aggr their aggressive style is, favors them going in, winning a game, and then leaving. I'm not sure that's a pace they'll be able to keep up over the course of three or four or even five games. Something I'm really critical about LMQ when I talk on Twitter, when I'm tweeting their games, is that I feel like they go on tilt very easily. Whether they have a small advantage and they try and use it like a big advantage and that doesn't work, or they're behind and they feel like they need to make it up immediately, they take very risky plays that sometimes backfire, and I've never really seen them be able to turn that around. Now, if you're in a best of five and you do that, say, in game two, do they have the leadership and you know the veteran presence we talk about in sports all the time to say, hey, put game two out of your mind. Let's go into game three and forget that we threw that or will they just remain on tilt and drop the next two? I don't know. Right. I'm actually really excited to see how they're going to handle these best of fives. But the thing you have to keep in mind is it's easy to talk about CLG and TSM and be like, oh, look at how, how, how stacked these teams are. They're full of experience. I mean, a bunch of those players don't really have that much experience. A lot of them are fairly new. I mean, even a play like take a player like uh, Amazing, for example, like he has some experience. He has some experience in best of three playoff scenarios, but how much does he actually have? I mean, he came from a team in Europe that didn't really qualify for the playoffs that much. So, how much experience is he actually going to have? And we've also seen that he's an incredibly emotional player. Like, but he has. Even Amazing, who is the least experienced member on TM, TSM, has more experience than the entire LMQ roster. And, you know... Well, Ackerman, I don't know Ackerman how... was at Worlds, to be fair. That's true. Okay. But four out of the five. And, you know, TSM has that leader. You know, whether it's going to be Dyrus or Bjergsen, who has his fair share, he's been around a while. Or even Wild Turtle, he's, you know, he's going into his third playoffs. Or fourth playoffs. You know, where are you... Where, are the, you know, Zhao Weizhou and Vasily, where are they going to pull that experience from? The top EU LCS 
is a tale of two teams going in radically different directions. Alliance, who just three weeks ago were on pace to set the record for wins in a split, are in a free fall and are gone two and four in their last six games. Fnatic, on the other hand, have looked unstoppable and are on an eight-game win streak. If you listen to us regularly, you already know my answer to this question, but we'll start with Joey. Who's your favorite to take home the EU summer split at this point? Uh, Fnatic certainly made this decision interesting. Um, I I want to refrain from making a prediction about the EU playoffs right now until I've seen a couple more, like until I've seen Alliance take a shot at getting this out of their system. But right now, I just I cannot, in good conscience, say any predict anyone other than Fnatic to take it. I mean, they're going on a heater, and they only have two more weeks of regular league play before it comes time to before it comes time to play in brackets and that's where they come alive anyway. So it's just, I mean, they're on a roll, right? Yeah. Fanatics peaking at the right time. And we hear that all the time, especially in NFL football. Uh, for those of our listeners that are familiar with that, the the New York giants historically will go nine and seven in a season, but win their last four games and then win the Super Bowl. It's happened you know, before. Yep. So Fnatic, who's already proven, they know what to do in the playoffs. Uh, that's you you can't discount momentum going into a tournament especially considering how in the last playoffs alliance choked hard right i mean at the end of the last split alliance like really was able to pick it up and did well and had a commanding position going into going into the playoffs and then they just choked in the semifinals and choked in the third place game and you're i mean I don't want to say that the same thing is going to happen this time, but they have yet to give us reason to believe they'll be able, they'll be able to perform in brackets. This week's game, Alliance vs. Fnatic, will show us a lot because something that this isn't just a random eight-game win streak that Fnatic is on. This is eight wins since they picked up a coach in Aranea. So it's not just like, oh, they're hot and they're playing really well. They changed something, and that something is working. So it's not something like, okay, they're hot and they're going to cool down in two weeks before playoff comes around. No, Arne is going to be there, and he's going to continue to help them out. So if Arne can help them and give them a strat or see something to say, hey, take this out there against Alliance, and you will crush them, and they do it this week, there's no reason to believe that they won't repeat that if they do meet Alliance in a best-of-five in the finals. Especially because... For almost every team in Europe, you say, like, there's this critical piece missing, or, like, if only they could do this, or, you know, if only this team weren't Gambit. This is what you're saying about <laughs> all the other teams, right? But the thing is, with Alliance of Fnatic, both of these lineups are totally stacked with talent. So the X Factor isn't going to come from anywhere on the roster. It's not going to come from either of the five-man squads. The X Factor going in has to be Aranea. Right. Froggen is a beast. Don't get me wrong. Might be the best Western player or the best player the Western League of Legends has ever provided. He's not that much better than it's Peke that he's just going to be able to take over a game. Though something that's really interesting, Joey, that I was thinking about when you were just saying that is that what are we switched? You know, last season it was TSM Cloud9. That was the top. And Europe had 800 teams at the top. And now it's the other way around. <laughs> we have no idea who's going to take yep. NA. And Europe's pretty much a two horse race. Big news of the week from Riot is that the promotion tournament will be held mid-September as opposed to right before the beginning of the split, like in previous years. Riot's statement says that they're still looking at the potential of expanding the region to 10 teams, but the promotion tournament will be held as if the pool will stay at 8. How significant is this change? I think it's a huge deal. 
Because if you look at the teams, especially in NA, that went into the promotion tournament last year, they made some pretty drastic roster swaps before going into promotion. Um, all except for EG. Or even that. That was Velocity. Got to remember back to spring promotion. Velocity actually sold their entire spot to Evil Geniuses. Teams aren't really going to have the ability to do that. And so you're going to take a team that just got pretty much destroyed for 10 weeks uh, in the LCS and expect them to go against a challenger team that's just coming out of, you know, destroying the challenger league. You know, that's going to be two different mindsets and teams that are just playing on completely different levels. I agree. I'm going to make a note. The way I expect this to run is they'll play qualifiers the way they have for every split previously. And then if they decide to expand the LCS, then they'll take the teams that lost in uh, the promotion matches, and then they'll take like the top three whatevers from wherever, and then throw them into a bracket together and let the top two teams have their spots. Um, which means if you're a, which means if you're a team on the decline coming out of a rough split and you lose to a hot challenger team, then you're going to have an entire, how long is it? Three or so months to make your changes, get yourselves back into gear, clear your minds, and then play for a spot. That is, of course, only if they decide to actually expand through LCS. Also, that they start the LCS at the same time. So there's been a lot of criticism on Reddit recently that having the Western teams take those couple months off is hurting them. And Riot needs to find a way to get those Western teams working in those winter months, even if it's the preseason. I mean, OGN has a full split while they're still working out bugs. That's crap. <laughs> it's That's, true. I mean, like, here. first of all, you have to consider that I'm glad that League of Legends has an off-season as long as it is, because I'm scared to death of the, like, NA's talent pool, not that deep. Europe's talent pool, deeper, but still not as deep as uh, China or Korea. I'm so afraid of the players we do have burning out because they're playing for, like, nine or so months a year. I mean, it's just, it's a nightmare scenario. Like, give the give the players some time off. I mean, frankly, an additional two or three months of playing against other mediocre teams isn't going to help us catch up that well. Yeah, Dexter made that comment when he said that practicing for Worlds helped him more than any LCS split oh, for, sure. for a couple of weeks. One thing else that I think is going to go under the radar here is that, you know, Curse and Coast jumped into Challenger Leagues and they were playing in like the NACS and the Go like GoPro, LOL, or whatever they were called. And they were getting experienced against those challenger teams. So those challenger teams, like, they firsthand knew, okay, I've, we've played this team. We know our strengths versus this team. We should pick them because um, we know we can beat them with this strategy or we've had a chance to try this out. They're going in blind against these challenger teams because uh, they're not going to have that opportunity. That's all the headlines we have for you guys. Uh, now we're going to this week's game, Crit Chance. Uh, we're going to read a statement and determine what is the likelihood of getting that lucky crit to make that statement true. After a minute, a bell goes off and we're moving on. What's the first question, Joey? Chances of Darian playing for Gambit again in the next two weeks. I'm going to go high. I'm going to put this at 70%. Something that was interesting that brought this question up to me is somebody on Reddit pointed out that Darian has projected fantasy points for this week. Guess he had zero last week. Other player to do that recently? Diamond. He had zero points, all of a sudden had points. Next thing you knew, Diamond was back on the roster. Gambit is a team that didn't see this switch coming of moving up the promotion tournament. They thought they were going to have a couple months to get it together, and now they don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring Darian back and use him to defend against a challenger team, or maybe scare a challenger team from not picking Gambit. 
I'll admit, Darien coming back for the for the promotion tournament does seem fairly likely to me. But in the next two weeks, I don't think so. I mean, I'll, I guess I'll set it at like a 15% chance. I don't believe he's coming back this week. I don't think they have any reason to bring him back. I don't think bringing him back will solve their problems. I don't think bringing him back will move them out of the 8th place spot. So I just don't see any reason for Gambit to make this decision. All right, I was dumb there. I said a challenger team picking Gambit. I meant Gambit getting into a position like 7th where they could pick a challenger team. Sorry about that. Alright, repeat question here. What are the chances we see a Ninjas and Pajamas Gambit matchup in EU relegations? I definitely think Gambit is going to go in in 8th place. The real question is, will Nip be picked? Uh, or, when will Nip be picked? Because they lost the last Challenger series to H2K in the finals. And so, and they had some roster turbulence, I admit. Uh, I'll set this at... 70% though I suppose because I think even if Ninjas and Pajamas doesn't win the Challenger series everyone's going to be the most afraid of them I mean you have to play against Alex Itch right uh, you took the words right out of my mouth I'm gonna put this at 70% but for a different reason because I'm giving Gambit a 70% chance to get into that seventh place spot there's no way someone's picking Nip there's no way someone wants to go against Alex Itch who is still one of the most feared mid laners in Europe and he wants this Alex didn't go to Nip to sit in the challenger scene for two series he's gonna make sure that team is ready and he's you know he's been to worlds twice he's finished third in the world he knows what it takes to get a team in gear uh, no one's taken them chances SK Top is top four in EU. So basically what this question is looking at is, is SK going to have a chance to play a best of five to get into Worlds? And at the beginning of the split, this would have been unthinkable. But I didn't pick them. Um, I didn't think they were. They're in a slump right now, and they have the infrastructure. They have the analyst. They're not, their players aren't going to get any better. I'm going to give them about a 45% chance. I think it's less likely. I think you're going to see that third place match between Millennium and Super Hot Crew. Uh, and I'm sticking by Millennium, but I don't think SK will be there. Okay, if you locked in the rankings right now and turned them into a playoff bracket, you would have SK playing against Super Hot Crew in their first set. And I definitely think SK can beat Super Hot Crew. I'll set this at something like 85% for them to make the top four. Just because Super Hot Crew, I don't think, has the tenacity to be able to go through a set against SK. I think SK is a team that's going to plan better, and I think Superhot Crew is still kind of fumbling around, you know? Okay. Chances Crepo joins Riot before Season 5 begins. I... I'll give this one a 30% chance, just because it's definitely possible the season goes out and Crepo just says, alright, I'm done, I'm gonna go cast, that, because this is, he's been quite vocal about the fact that that's what he wants to do. At this, I don't think he's done yet. I think he still has another season in him. I think he doesn't want to stop playing before he's done, and I think he... He seems really excited about the prospect of helping Altec grow as a player. I think he wants to stick around. I think he wants to see EG into a relatively stable time. And I don't think it's very likely that he'll leave before next season. I'm going to give it a 50% chance because I think Crepo, when he, if he retires, he's going to go directly to Riot. They'd be stupid not to hire him right out of the bat. He's proven that he's a great analyst. Um, he's a good caster. Um 
and I don't think I don't know if he wants to sit through another two splits of mediocrity. And I think he loves Evil Geniuses. He loves Alltech, but it would be better to give Alltech a support in September and have him train for a February LCS than for Krepo to sit out one more split to sit in that sixth, seventh, eighth place, and then try and give him someone to train for a couple months in between splits. Chances complexity makes the playoffs. Jig's in a free fall right now, um, and I've never been a strong believer of curse. I, complexity's still got some work to do. I'm going to give him a 35% chance. Uh, I think they can do it. I think if you had asked me this question three or four weeks ago or at the beginning of the split, I mean, I put complexity in last place. Uh, I didn't have any faith in them at all. But they've really shown me that they can show up and play, and they can win, especially this best of ones, and they can take them off top teams. So with curse and dig not playing well, I think complexity... I think they only need three games to get in. I think they could do it. I'm going to set it lower than you. I'll set it at 15%. I'm definitely not going to discount the possibility that complexity goes on a streak and curse and Dignitas both fall asleep at the wheel. But at the same time, they still have complexity still has to leapfrog either curse or Dignitas. And neither of those seem very likely to me streak or otherwise. They're not going to leap. They're not going to leap dig, but I think they could leap curse. It's only two games back and you never know. Chances TSM makes worlds with their new support, Lost Boy. This is obviously the question on everybody's minds. Uh, the most important factor here, I think, is TSM is already a lock to make playoffs. And so they you can essentially treat their next six games in the regular season as practice. Just get Wild Turtle and Lost Boy up to speed. Get the team used to listening to Lost Boy's decision making, which is presumably the reason he was brought in to begin with anyway. Um, so just treat these next six games as uh, some high-tension scrims and then take a couple weeks to really work on your playbook. And I have to set it at 35%, which might even be high, but I think they have a real shot. I'm going to set it at... I'm going to set it at 25%. I think TSM wasn't a lock to make worlds with Glebe. And I said this on Twitter today. If Lustboy was still a top five, was a top five support in Korea, he'd still be a support in Korea. But CLG showed Seraph needed time to get used to it. Helios hasn't really paid off. And I think those two players were stronger than Lustboy when he came over. Look, he's on the decline of his career, and you can't just plug in a Korean and immediately be better. I, the timing of this is terrible. I think Lee was actually starting to play better. And yeah, maybe you go to Worlds and you're you know one and done, just like every other year is TSM with Glee, but I don't think Lustboy I think Lustboy makes your team worse in the short run, which is where Worlds is. The thing is, Loco knows Glebe really well, so if he br- or he knows Glebe, he knows Lustboy really well. So if Loco's bringing in Lustboy, he's doing it for a very specific reason, not just, well, Glebe, you know, you tried. So I think that's something that has to be kept in mind about this move. We're almost finished for the night. But first, don't forget to check out our Twitter, at The Rapid Recall, or if you have any suggestions, shoot us an email at therapidrecall at gmail.com. Our final segment is called Ultra Rapid Fire Mode. Here, we'll do a quick recap of the things that interest us from the week, but we didn't have a chance to cover in the main show. One minute left. Take it away, DK. Riot just put out another one of those cinematic trailers. Thoughts? I really like the touch of realism, where Jack shows up to help once, and then you never see him again. Shen will finally be enabled for this week's LCX. Do you see him getting playtime? Yo, TSM's going to go throwback. Bjergsen on TF, Dyrus on Shen, and Amazing's going to pull out a Nocturne so we can finally see some variety in his jungle play. 
Zion must have a pretty strong back to carry Diggs so hard this week. How much do you think he benches? I honestly couldn't hazard a guess, but having seen Kiwi Kid and Cutie Pie, <laughs> it can't be a small number. Dota 2's TI4 was on ESPN3 this week. Do you see the Season 4 World Championships reaching that kind of mainstream media? Well, with the way that Riot leaves things the last, minutes with, last minute with their announcements, we'll probably know 30 minutes after it starts if it is. Reggie went on a bit of a rant about Riot's balance team. Do you think he had a point? The only way to solve League's balance issues is for Riot to finally just let me delete champions. You finally predicted an OGN match correctly. Congratulations! Woo! Can you make it two in a row? SKTK or Samsung White? Oh, this is ridiculous. The last two split winners? Uh, I'm going to have to go with White because they're playing better recently. Sorry, Kay, you're going back to NLB. That's all, that's all we have for this week. Enjoy the Rift.